Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron podcast. podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove, and uh, and we're here to talk to you about uh, witchy stuff. I, I, every time, this is gonna be different. Just d- deal with the fact that I haven't figured this one out yet, and it's been five trillion episodes. It's just it's never gonna happen. Be okay with it. <laughs> so, before we get started on today's witchery, as it were, um. Don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, and subscribe if you are on YouTube. If you're listening to us on your podcast network of choice, uh, give us a subscribe so you catch all these. They come out every other week. Um, if you want to support more witch content like this and fun stuff, uh, hit us up on Patreon where you can get access to the Book of Shadows pages and and like stuff on backgrounds and stuff like that. And um, it helps us um, do more and better. Yeah, yeah, that's the it does the thing, and. Um, yeah, I guess let's just get right into it. Today is uh, Witch and Kitchery. Kitchen Witchery? I know, that's what I said. No, it's not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Witch and Kitchery. No, you just no. Gotta fl- you just gotta flip words in your head actively all the time. <laughs> you know, like you have a problem reading. So, before we get started with this episode, I have the disclaimer to say that. Uh, a lot of these herbs, plants, and foods have herbal pro- properties associated with them. We're not talking about any herbal or medicinal type properties here, um, even though that is something I generally consider in my own personal practice. That is something that if you want to incorporate that, you go ahead and do it, but please do your research first, as don't, well don't as just don't eat, plants eat stuff that, you don't that know. shouldn't be eaten. Yeah. There are a lot of herbs that are don't used for magical purposes that should just not be ingested. Yeah. Um, so so definitely check before putting some stuff in your mouth. Also, like maybe you're allergic. That's something to keep in mind too. So that is the official disclaimer for yeah, we're this not, episode. We're not food scientists. We are not doctors. We are certainly not doctors. Not even a little bit. I mean, I'm a doctor, but it's only because I play one on TV. Um, so yeah, this is more about like how to imbue the energies of witchery into your kitchen as as the title implies so yeah don't and again just like the fire lecture that you hear every time we talk about bloody using fire with stuff like if you're not comfortable doing some fancy knife skill thing in the kitchen don't do it get comfortable like you know if you don't know what you're eating don't eat it do science research that shit yeah yeah so yeah just be safe, guys. We don't need dead people. That's not that's not what we're going for. We want healthy people listening to our podcast. Alive that's people. Right. Alive people. Actually, I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna subjugate the dead who listen. If you're dead, you, you know listen. what I kinda don't What's wanna up? subjugate yeah. I, I kinda don't wanna Subjugate's ignore the fucking uh, definitely not the, the word by the yeah, way. Yeah, I, I said that and I was like, that's not Yeah, the word. I wanted to say obfuscate, but I'm just like that's even I don't worse. want to so, uh, diss the non humans that are listening or to this non-livings. Either. If so, you are like, life got, impaired, what's up? What's yeah, up? yeah. If you're if you're not a human, or if you're not alive, human uh, adjacent, you can still listen to this podcast and enjoy it. Hello to all of your sweet little fur and scale and feather babies out there. I think that mostly encompasses it's all the ones that we have. All the animals, Bird, yeah. birds and birds and dogs and and turtles fish and, and fish. tortoise. He's a tortoise. Um, tortoise is just a ground <laughs> turtle. I'll give you that. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's just a ground type turtle. It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Turtles are just water type tortoises. Welcome to English being a stupid fucking language. <laughs> yeah. So food is an integral part, not just of obviously being a human, <laughs> sustaining um, life. But of uh, because of that, it is also an integral part of magical practices, and it goes further back than we have recorded history. Um, and there's a lot that kind of goes into that. Normally, I like to do a bit about the history of that sort of thing, but um, I have a day job, and I, at this point in time, don't have the ability to do that that level of research just with the time associated back. As far as for what we've seen through other podcast research, the furthest back that we can, that I can tell that there is evidence of magic being used with food or food related items is um, 60,000 years ago. Yeah, when people started eating food and also had the power of words. Yeah, so 60,000 years ago, made there food were, and 
there were people in the cradle of life in Africa who were using eggs as a form of magic. And we talked a little bit more about that in our Ostara episode, um, but it's pretty cool. So we have talked about kitchen witchery in various forms in almost every single podcast that we've done. However, we talk more in depth about them in several other episodes. So in our Yule 101 episode, we talk about wassailing and how that sort of evolved from a magical custom into something that people did and sort of the magical traditions associated with it. Um, when when we did Spellcrafting 101, we talked generally about kitchen witchery as a type of spellcrafting that you can do. In Imbolc 101, we talked about blessing seeds to ensure a fruitful harvest, which is definitely about food. In Ostara 101, we talked about eggs, and we even included a spell for protection eggs, as well as a magical recipe for egg drop divination soup, which is super tasty. Uh, in Beltane 101, we talked in general about feasting, and we talked a little bit about blind dinners, which was a custom that people would do at Beltane and also at Samhain. Um, we, in Midsummer 101, we talked about feasts, again, <laughs> and also gathering I'm herbs. Always, I'm always going to talk about feasts. We're always going to, we, we're, yeah. we're feast people. I mean, I, I definitely do a lot of kitchen witchery. And in Lunasa 101, we talked about feasts and weaving wheat and corn dollies, as well as we included sort of a spell for a Lunasa picnic. Um, and Lunasa is one of the, is the first of three harvest festivals. So it's really, uh, you know, it really has a lot of roots associated with food. Um, and then upcoming is harvest festival number two. So not the next episode, but the episode after that upcoming is Mabone, which is another harvest festival. I'm sure we're going to talk about food then too. Uh, and then also, uh, I've talked about my recipe for protection tacos a few times because it's a very simple one. We eat a lot of tacos, um, and it can be done with pretty much standard ingredients that you would have for tacos. Um, but what episode did I talk about that in? You tell me in the comments, or if you're listening to this on a podcast network, you can find our social media profiles, um, which will connect you to us. You can just DM us or comment on one of our posts, or you can go to YouTube and comment on one of our videos and tell us what what podcast episode did I talk about protection tacos in? Uh, and if you do, we will send you some uh, Horn and Cauldron swag. Yeah, swag. It's with S H. It's it's not. It, it's either way. It's, I prefer. It's either way. I prefer the W because I'm a winner. Swag also has a W. What I prefer the hard about? W. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with um, that. In fact, it's the same amount of W. How are you saying these words? <laughs> it's swag, uh, which is not how you say that word. That's uh, that's wrong. You're wrong. It's That's okay. not true. It's okay. Technically, you can say it either way, and I know because S we have hyphen looked it up swag. in the past. It's swag. It's we a, it's, definitely it's looked it How up. How do you say swag? Is it swag or the other way? The wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> Your way is the wrong way. Maybe so, um, so believing that food has magical properties is not just something that is for people who dabble in witchcraft or people of old, but is really also just as commonplace today as it was, you know, for people who are non-practitioners of magic as it is for people who are practitioners of magic. Well, yeah, it, it it's, it's a function of the manner in which one sort of defines something like believing in the magical properties yeah. of right because like don't you have comfort food isn't that just food that makes you feel better than other food yeah. for whatever reason would that not be functionally a similar thing right yeah. so it's 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 that sort of uh, by saying i always feel better when i have mac and cheese or something or whatever, like that yeah. whatever your comfort food is um and then you have mac and cheese when you don't feel good and then you feel better regardless of whether that's a sick or a more of a mental emotional state you will definitely feel better so that's kind of the beauty of it some other examples are blowing out birthday candles there's like a million memes about that one um and also um chicken noodle soup when you're sick again aside from the herbal medicinal properties of things um that's definitely an intention thing especially if you had like a family member making you chicken noodle soup because 
you're sick and because they want you to feel better and they want to nourish you that's definitely setting an intention and creating at least a little bit of magic there as well as um even in even in more um cinematic things using garlic or salt to ward off evil spirits that's also kind of a form of kitchen magic uh so there's a lot of magical properties of food that you can tap into in fact in my research and in my lived experience pretty much any food that you can think of has magical properties associated with it of some sort. So um, it's really fun to sort of figure out where you're kind of going with that. And in addition to everyday stuff, even festivals, whether they're witchy or not, have um, foods that you eat in celebration of it. So with Lunasa, the podcast that we recently did, that was talking a lot about bread and grains and the harvest and having that stuff. But um, for non-witchy things, when you have a birthday or a wedding or another celebration, you have cake. Uh, and when you go to the fair, you have corn dogs and funnel cakes and a bunch of other fried foods. So in a way, those are almost magical foods because they transport you to that place, to that time, to that celebration, and to that feeling. Uh, so it's definitely a lot of sort of power that you can use yeah. to that. Yeah, 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 totally. And Gingerbread example yeah brings you yeah you when christmas. you say something you smells gin, you like eat, christmas you can eat gingerbread cookies whenever you want gingerbread cookies though christmas time cookies yeah or um you know pumpkin spice reminds you of fall yeah i mean pumpkin spice reminds me of whatever the emotion of <laughs> blind rage is but that's fine pumpkin spice is a fucking awful flavor it is not an awful it's flavor it's a fucking awful but flavor starbucks I has cannot, made it an awful flavor i cannot handle it well i not just the Starbucks. I mean, Starbucks is the worst of them because it's sweet. I don't do sweets. So I just, yeah. it's gross to me. Um, but also, I don't, yeah, I don't really like squash. Yeah, see, so, so for you, that's the worst of It's just, there's like thing. nothing, nothing particularly good about it. So, yeah, for me. Yeah. Um, it's delicious and you're wrong. I'm not, um, so, that's fine. Kitchen witchery, this is a question that I actually have gotten a few times, is if is it specific to a particular um, race belief or ethnicity or, or belief? Faith, yeah. And the answer is no. Kitchen witchery is not, not specific to any one practice and can be used to supplement your practice, yeah. even if you consider yourself, say, a hedge witch or something like that. You can always do kitchen witchery stuff. There's no need to necessarily yeah. define uh, yourself there, by I the mean, path you like, take. for obvious reasons, there are, like, logical, like historical connections and such to like this type of kitchen witchery or like this specific food item yeah right like 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 14th century english witches weren't making tacos uh, <laughs> no right they were I, not or, i mean hey or they were fucking correct me damn i won't worry about that history <laughs> but what i'm saying is is that like just because the form is different doesn't necessarily mean that the function isn't the same yeah right and, and and those are the two differences is like is is there classification with regard to form of course there yeah. is because like again right a taco has a place of origin yeah a burger or like a like a like a haggis right the, these things have like cultural <laughs> connection and, and history but it doesn't mean that like you making haggis in a way that's different than than the the cultural function or the cultural form doesn't necessarily not have the same function yeah. with regard to kitchen witchery if that incredibly fucking roundabout statement made any sense it to was anybody super other than me and yeah. you know what it resolves all of the ways but it out does of resolve. that yeah. it's a circle it's never yeah. ending and <laughs> you don't necessarily even have to be a good cook to practice kitchen witchery oh no uh, so that's not something you necessarily no. need to worry about I mean I'm about. a good cook but <laughs> Whatever. Are you though? No, I'm just <laughs> Am I? What are you talking about? Yes. You also don't need Better special thrill. equipment to do any sort of kitchen witchery. Yeah. You can do this with exactly the things that you have in your kitchen already. Yeah. And is a pretty accessible way to do magical things, even if you are closeted yeah. or sort of closeted. So yeah. there's not a whole lot that you really need to worry there. It's very accessible. Um, and kitchen witchery doesn't have to be about cooking either. So um, you can use kitchen ingredients also in non 
food, non-eating spells. You can use herbs and spices and other things from the kitchen in jar spells and sachets. You can use them to make poppets, you know, like little dolls. You can, if they're made of cloth, fill them with rice or barley or something. Um, you can also make poppets out of kitchen biodegradable type materials, um, you know, like corn husk dolls and, yeah. and whatnot yeah. um, and you use salt for protection and cleansing in a variety of ways same thing for sage uh, you can use your herbs in a bath or um, incense or potpourri and then there's also smoke cleansing wands looking at you again sage uh, as well as a variety of other herbs so just yeah. because you just because it has to do with food doesn't mean it has to be done in a recipe. There's a lot of very easy and very accessible ways to do kitchen magic. Yeah. If you're going to burn herbs, do it fire safely and make sure that that herb that you're burning is something where within the smoke isn't poisonous. Yeah. Again, a reminder, don't, don't do stuff that's poisonous, please, guys. Yeah, don't do poisonous stuff. Yeah, don't do poisonous stuff. I, don't, I shouldn't have to say <laughs> that. We're all adults here, but don't do poisonous stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, um, before we talk about other things, I want to go over some sort of spirits and deities. So we've talked a lot about different deities, uh, and we explored this a little bit in our Olympian family tree episode, but there are hearth deities and, and spirits that you can invoke to assist you in your kitchen witchery or to help protect your kitchen. Now, Back in the olden times, and even in some places today, whether they're olden or not, um, the kitchen and the hearth fire is the center of the home. I mean, it's sort of a joke, like at every party, people end up in the kitchen, right? Uh, you know, is that really a joke, or is that just sort of human nature? So the hearth fire was a very integral part of everyday life, and as such, it was important to appease hearth deities or spirits in whatever way you had them. And they would not only assist you with the food side of things in your household, but also give you general protection and health for your entire family, as well as your home and pets and often livestock as well. So it was sort of an all inclusive thing. So while there are some hearth deities and spirits that are fairly specific to hearthing, um, which would be kitchening, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't use a different, a different deity or spirit that you're currently working with, um, because they sort of all have food-type correspondences, and if you're Everybody already eats. working with them, Everybody there's eats. really no, no problem there. Yeah. Yeah. So, specifically, some hearth deities uh, would be Bess, and Brigid, and Frigg, and Hestia, and Zhuangxin, and Vesta. Yeah, I said that right. I practiced. Right. Yeah, you practiced? <laughs> I practiced. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I was going to say, like, oh, that was, that, was, that was pretty good. All right, wow. Practicing. I practice. I normally practice the names before I pronounce them, but the difference in time between when I practice and when we record the episode are sometimes, like, far apart, and my brain just sort of is like, I don't need this piece of information anymore. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So those would be hearth deities. Um, in particular, Hestia is a very um, popular one because of the Olympians being so popular in general. Um, but these ones are all sort of specifically associated with the hearth. There are or other... Hearth. Yeah, there are other spirits that you can petition to as well, um, or spirits that have particular affinities for kitchens and hearth and, and that sort of thing. And it sort of depends on what culture you're looking for. There's a ton of them out there. So you can definitely do your research there for like household deities. Any of those really would probably work for a hearth spirit. But in particular, a couple that I thought were really fun is uh, the Smirgato, which is which translates to the butter cat. And uh, this one comes from Scandinavia. The butter cat watches over bread and milk and cheese and butter. Now, this is portrayed as a spirit, but many homes also had a cat. So you could also conclude that the entity that's watching over your kitchen is actually your cat, or you can conclude that it is a spirit that sometimes possesses your cat, or it's just sort of a spirit. However you want to take that is totally up to you. So 
the spirigato will also steal household goods, like butter, from your neighbors if you need them, or if the butter cat feels like it. We all are familiar with the attitudes of cats. Yeah, that so that makes sense. sense. I get it. Um, and I first heard about the butter cat on the Myths and Legends podcast. We are not affiliated with them, uh, but I love their podcast. I love the podcast, and they're fantastic. So as they say there, um, if something goes missing in your house, blame it on the butter cat. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, there are also yokai, which are spirits in Japanese folklore, um, such as the suko. Oh man, I just talked about how I practiced. <laughs> and now, suko mogami. I just talked about how I practice, and uh, Murphy's Law was like, did you though? Yeah. Um, so boom. <laughs> so these spirits are inanimate objects that become sentient spirits on their hundredth birthday, and that also have the ability to shape shift into humans. These are sometimes malefic, and they are sometimes benefic. Benefic? Yeah. I'm going to go with that. Um, you mean beneficial? Yeah, beneficial. Uh, well, I said malefic, so that's like bad. And then I was like, what's the opposite? I don't, think, I don't think malefic is the thing. Malefic? That... Yeah, that's a word. I'm not saying it's not a word. I'm just saying I don't think that's the thing that you're trying to say. Yeah, it is. Uh. They can be, <laughs> these yokai can be um, good or they can be bad or they can be indifferent. Uh, and they can be pretty much anything. There are quite a bit of folk tales that talk about um, these types of spirits where it's like kitchen utensils, you know, like um, a serving spoon or a bowl or a cooking pot or something like that, a rice uh, mm. container. Um, it's pretty fun stuff if you look at like older Japanese folklore, uh, as well as in more, um, more European side of things, uh, the fae. So there are several types of fae folk that will come out at night and help with your kitchen and household chores and also have the pension for being either nice or mean or somewhere in between. Oh, that one rhymed. Um, depending on your relationship with them as well as their relationship just in general with the world. Um, and you typically would thank these creatures by leaving out a small bowl of milk or cream or whatever it is that they're thought to protect. Mm. This is sort of one of those like choose your own adventure like paths. Santa Clauses, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and honestly, milk, they're, right? um, the brownies, which are a particular type of faith folk um, are probably an inspiration for Keebler elves going along this side of things. They would help you to bake um, breads and cookies and whatnot and at yeah, night. Yeah, 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 definitely. yeah. Definitely. That's definitely the Keebler elves. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely the Keebler elves. So the next time you think about that, they're just like little animated fey folk that got on the marketing train, basically. Yeah, good for them, man. <laughs> yeah. Make money, bro. Yeah, and because of the proximity to the hearth fire and the nature of how that is in your home, um, ancestors have historically also been venerated and honored in the kitchen. So that's also a very common one there. So there you will see, especially going back in time um, to the Middle Ages, um, that there's a lot of... Uh, altars and iconography of deities that is found in hearths and in kitchens so it was yeah. really important or 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 that you're bringing food to them or or, or anything like there's a bunch of cultures where like you um honor the dead by giving them like a serving of food <coughs> yeah um or like like how some foods have very specific meanings in some cultures especially around death and like veneration of the dead, like rice and things like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, totally. Ancestors all connected to that stuff. So, uh, Absolutely. I mean, one could argue that they're pretty much connected to everything, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a related custom that is was popular in old Europe that still is very popular in certain traditions nowadays. Like my my Polish grandmother had one in her kitchen. Is um, kitchen witches. So that's having a small poppet or doll in your kitchen to protect and, and give luck. Uh, they're commonly made from scraps of cloth or corn husks or wheat stalks. It basically household bits and bobs that you couldn't do anything else with or food related stuff that isn't edible like corn husks and wheat stalks. Yeah. Um, and you can make one or you can buy your own. It's really kind of a choose your own adventure game there, but it is very popular to have a little witch. They're sometimes riding a broom. They sometimes have a witchy hat. Sometimes it's just a doll yeah. that just sits in the kitchen and it sort of makes sure that your 
soups don't burn and pots don't boil over and food doesn't spoil. So yeah. there's a lot of different ways that you can kind of go with that sort of kitchen witchery thing. And when I was researching this, I was like, oh my God, we don't have a kitchen witch. We have like four skeletons in the kitchen. What are you talking about? Not like human skeletons. <laughs> Let me clarify that. I'm just talking about like little figurines from the hot like like for halloween time because we we don't we, we have de halloween decorations up all year round yeah um yeah. We, we have like a bunch of little figurines in the kitchen we do but not a specific kitchen witch i mean would not all faces in the kitchen be faces that watch i'm just saying like maybe or whatever the not nightmare way to say that was <laughs> jesus fucking christ watch whatever oh man we got a lot of faces in this house that's all i'm saying a lot of, faces, a lot of fucking faces a lot of skulls yeah <laughs> yeah a lot of faces all right we're back we're back fine what's next well now that we've taken a tour of all of the faces in the kitchen yeah there uh, was a bunch by the way she was like there's not that many faces surprise there's like a shitload of faces in there yeah chalk one up to nightmare house huh Boop. yeah nightmare yeah house. so um both I'm sorry and you're welcome for the next time you go into a kitchen or another room in the house. And you and just start noticing just start all the faces. start taking inventory of all the faces. So many faces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's horrifying. So yeah. we're going to move on. Smooth, mouthless faces. <laughs> the eyes it. don't blink, but the mouth can't scream. You know that kind of thing? You're a fucked up shit. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> Methods. We're gonna talk about kitchen witchery methods. Methamphetamines? No, oh, okay. not even once. Not even once methamphetamines. Not guys. even once. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of different sort of methods or avenues that you can do kitchen witchery with, and we're just gonna cover a few of them. So intention is probably the number one, and um, although certain magical ingredients or certain ingredients have magical properties, it's not necessary to use them necessarily to work kitchen magic. Uh, because regardless of ingredients, your intention is key. The ingredients just sort of add that additional boost, uh, as it were, to it. Um, and also, you can adapt your favorite recipes or practices to include magic or create your own. Um, much like we talked about with the chicken noodle soup side of things, if you've got that intention behind making something, then that definitely goes a long way to imbuing it with whatever it is that you want that intention to be. And if you choose to add the magical properties of items that you're using within the recipe or whatever it is that you're making, then that just gives it all the more boost. Uh, and if you look up the recipe, the intentions or the magical properties for things, and they sort of don't really jive with your intentions, that doesn't necessarily mean that your spell's gonna fail or whatever. It just sort of means that that thing has its own meaning that is unrelated to what's happening. Yeah. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. So if you wanted to do a spell with a specific type of food, you don't have to try and get only foods that support that spell. Yeah. If well, you like, want to, you can. As, There's as, no problem with that. As an example, that, right? You can use mint as just a flavor or mint it's green for like like the powers of the color green yeah or like mint for like money and like yeah. that kind of shit right you can use mint because of the herbal properties of mint yeah or you can use mint because you just like the flavor of mint yeah just for flavor yeah, yeah. or to so. like flex on people like mint yeah <laughs> Like that mint julep video. Yeah, we learned that mint juleps are just mint and, and bourbon. And bourbon. I assumed that there was at least another more? type of liquid yeah. in it. <laughs> I forget what we were watching on YouTube the other day, and the, and this person's like, "Oh, we're gonna make mint juleps," and they just like put some leaves in a glass and like smushed oh, them around, comment and then and then just like filled it up with bourbon, and they're like mint julep, and I'm like, well, "I've had a mint julep, and I don't think that's how that's made." <laughs> Come to find out, that is, and I was just not paying attention. Yeah, that was um, internet comment etiquette. Yeah. their newest episode about drinking. Uh, funny chair. chair. So you can also, chair so 
when you're looking at doing kitchen witchery, it's not just herbs and spices. You can use other things too. And also sort of the category of stuff gives you additional bits and bobs there. Like I said earlier, pretty much anything that you can use in the kitchen has magical properties to it. So some of the things that are more generalized are like grains. They typically uh, symbolize abundance and fertility. And sweeteners such as sugar or honey or anything that's sweet like candy um, helps to go for fondness or love and attraction. Salt cleansing and purification and warding off evil. And you can even use something like potatoes or apples or squash depending on the size of them to carve into a likeness or into a tiny little avatar for spells whether you're doing people magic and you're carving into a little person shape or whether you're carving it into a symbol perhaps you're carving it into a symbol and making that into a stamp because we all did potato stamps at a certain age in school at least I did. Uh, <laughs> and uh, those are all things that you can use that don't necessarily link to the magical properties of a sweet potato versus a regular potato, like yeah. a russet potato or a red potato, but is sort of a generalized piece of the puzzle there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, I, I probably follow like three people on Instagram who make just like pretty pies, mm -hmm. right? Just like fancy decorated pies. Like it, like you could just, if you're making an apple pie and you want to like carve some symbols in it, like rock and roll. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that the apples have to be like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Involved a, in the yeah. spell, but you can just like carve it in, like decorate, you know, like make your food look good. Yeah. And as far as symbols go, that's actually a perfect Collect segue. Collect all the A's um, in the alphabet so soup, you can... screaming soup. <laughs> so you can not only draw symbols or carve them into your ingredients uh, for like the finished product, but yeah. you can also do that for dry ingredients. Like if you want to make bread or a cake or something you've got your flour in the mixing bowl you can draw a symbol or a rune or a sigil into the flour yeah into before like you the start pile. mixing it into yeah. the pile of flour yeah or you can pour that you know you can pour poppy seeds for instance onto the top of a pie um in a specific design poppy seeds on top of a pie it was the first thing that came to mind okay I mean, really, I guess it's You could arrange the chocolate chips in the pancakes to be a symbol. You can. Yeah. I guess that's what we're doing for pancakes on Sunday now that we've said that out loud. Yep. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but you can also draw symbols or sigils or runes in the air above these things, too. There's really no mm. reason that you can't mm. use hand gestures um, in addition. Yeah. Uh, and Sweet kitchen witchery jutsu yeah yeah and you can also <laughs> stir things uh clockwise to attract or counterclockwise to ban to banish this is particularly fun when it comes to tea and soups yeah. um if you're using like a KitchenAid or a mixer um it only mixes in one direction don't overcomplicate things that doesn't yeah, don't, mean don't that you're stuck yeah. with that particular yeah. side of things. So use it to your advantage, not to your detriment. Yeah. It's probably best to over to not overthink things. Yeah. And I say that as someone who overthinks literally everything. Like literally all the time. It's fucking bananas, All man. the time. Yeah. So do your best to just kind of <laughs> not overthink that stuff yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you're when you're doing it. Um, and and like. You know, just sort of do what feels right. Yeah, totally. Uh, as as an example, okay, so like, <sighs> Grandma's recipe for peanut butter fudge <laughs> describes there, there's a lot of drama in my family. There about is a Grandma's lot of drama about this recipe. Fudge. Listen, there is the right kind of peanut butter fudge, and there is not the right kind of peanut butter fudge, and it's fucking important. It, it's it's not the point of what I'm talking about right now, though. So, Grandma's Recipe for Peanut Butter Fudge specifically indicates that you can draw the letter B in it to talk about its doneness. Yeah. Right? And that's always been one of those things where, like, like you know, I always think about, like, oh, like, when you're stirring things of that sort of viscosity, right? Like, you can, like, draw letters in it yeah. and such like that. I mean, if you're dipping corn dogs in cornmeal batter... There's, like, that moment of being able to draw a letter or two in the batter as it's, yeah. like, running off the hot dog. Um, 
I've made a lot of corn dogs, obviously. Fat guy. But, um... Well, you worked in a hot dog on a stick. That's too. true, but also, <laughs> fat guy. Um, I've made, like, a lot of corn dogs. You do, like, a similar thing with batter Yeah, as with well. any with any batter. With baking caramel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. or uh, my sauce, um, you know, brown cheese. Yeah, or if you're, um, if you're one of them fancy pancake makers who makes them face pancakes. Yeah. 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 I always wonder if those taste bad. Because the colors are so vibrant... In my mind, they just taste like that, like overly colored icing at the same yeah. place cake. You know, where you're just like, they red just icing's gonna be good, sort of and then you eat like it, and you're velvet. like, mm, this tastes like poison. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That frosting was for eyes, not for mouths. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like when I made those cookies. Yeah, that were just like that were just like the flavor of red food coloring yeah, and just elderberry. Like it much. was very strange. It was much. Yeah. It was much. But um, it worked, and they were pretty, and they were actually pretty delicious too. They weren't too bad. Yeah, so uh, as far as recipes go, you can use your own recipes uh, that you're already tried and true that you love, and you can just research the magical properties of the ingredients and oh. use them as you will. So if you have a very specific recipe, like Grandma's Peanut Butter Fudge, you can enchant the items inside of that recipe to do your work for you. Or like making protection tacos with intention. And again, don't forget, comment, tell us what episode send you some seriously um but i also do that with festival bread and um you can also do that with making food or or like herb blends or tea blends seasonings and stuff like that you can use all of those things with existing recipes that you already use that are tried and true yeah uh there's really no difference there yeah think of it think of it as like elevating the f the cooking process yeah right like you already got to make whatever the fuck it is that you're making so like if you're feeling if you're feeling randy uh if you're feeling down <laughs> to like take it up a notch uh emerald lagasse style yeah then yeah. you just pow a little bit of magic yeah and if you want to research magical recipes there's unfortunately not a whole lot out there as far as that goes most of them are standard recipes that include different variations of things for specific magical purposes yeah but by all means if you want to look up recipes for that go for it there's really yeah. nothing that's gonna tell stop us what your there. favorite one is yeah yeah um or you can create or just use in general special recipes for specific purposes mm -hmm. like we talked about um you know food for when you're sick like chicken noodle soup or your comfort food that makes you feel better or every time we have a sabbat and we invite a bunch of people over or it's a holiday i make festival bread yeah um you know uh, there's a lot of, that goes into that sort of special preparation yeah, if, too. If, if you have traditions about this, you know, those traditions obviously have value. But if you don't have traditions or the tradition is like a thing that you can't eat or no longer exists or something to that extent or, or simply you don't have access to or like, you know, the tradition is like ambrosia and that shit's gross or something like that, you know, whatever. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> Bloody mayonnaise salad or something. And you're just like, I don't want to eat that. That I have I don't need plaque. Um... <laughs> <laughs> all up in the heart area uh like you can like traditions get created all the time right that's the that's like the great lie about traditions is that they're always ancient some of them are way more modern than we think yeah right um as well as they evolve and change over time i mean like the example is that we make festival that she makes festival bread i have no fucking part of this by the way. <laughs> yeah that's not that's not my thing. Yeah. I'm like a meat fire kind of guy, so I don't bake. I can't follow instructions with that level of clarity. And no, it's which is really, absurd because no, I do a bunch no, of shit that bases on instructions. I just can't follow bake. instructions. It's just that you choose that's, not to. That's fair. That's There's, fair. It just infuriates me. On, and when I cook, I'm just like, what does this taste like? Let's add this shit in it. Now, what does it taste like? It's fucking good. Or it's good, but nobody else is gonna eat this because I made yeah. it way too spicy. Yeah. Which is you more complain often about than people that. using recipes in the same way that that one guy from that episode of Nailed It is just like I need to bake this cake, but I refuse to use recipes, so I'm just gonna guess. I mean, I don't know about hang that. On, hang on, hang on. I can hear people that are bakers screaming. I mean, that's fine. Our, our, our three listeners, one of them is <laughs> at least one they're of baking, them is a they're baker. screaming. It's fine. I can hear them screaming internally. It's fine. Right I just. Now. I don't I don't do recipes. I just kind of wing shit in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, now back to back to recipes. <laughs> you can also take an existing recipe that you have and add specific ingredients with desired magical properties into Magic them. it up. Um, this is a really great example to look at, like pancakes with poppy seeds. See, there it is again. Uh, poppy seeds um, can be used yeah, for abundance. I think you or, said pies with poppy seeds the first time, but that's fine. Which pies. is way weirder. Still, now I mean, is there a poppy pie. seed pie? Let's tell me about it. I think it would be good on a meat pie, maybe. Yeah, like an egg pie, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a specific effort to do something it's custard. Like that you have now. to do like a custard yeah. and poppy seed. Um, so pancakes with poppy seeds could be used for abundance because poppy seeds are used for abundance. Yeah. You can use um, like lemon or orange zest for creativity and um. So it sounds like lemon, solar magic and cookies. So it sounds like uh, lemon poppy seed pancakes, which are delicious and we have done before. Is abundant um, creativity. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So also, can, I love lemon poppy seed flavored shit. So we've one hundred percent done that. Yeah, we've definitely done that. Uh, so that's definitely a thing that you can do: is take something basic that you already make and then add just a little, just a little zhuzh to it. A little zhuzh. A little zhuzh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now the last sort of thing that we have here is serving. And this is often the most ignored part of kitchen witchery is sort of the and miscellaneous things. So you can serve on special plates for an extra boost. You know, you hear stories about like, oh, you know, we would get out the good China or whatever. Like it's a very old timey thing for me. We eat on our good China specifically because why not? Um, yeah, seriously. I don't need, I don't need two sets of plates. Yeah, I mean, we... It's just more shit to break. Like, I don't need full disclosure, we bought it from the thrift store, this full set, for like 40 bucks. Yeah. So, you know, we didn't spend a whole bunch it's of money on beautiful it, beautiful Japanese... beautiful. Blue and white. Blue and white China. Yeah. That we got on a streaming um, deal from so the 70s. So, you can have awesome. special serving plates that you use for that, like a cake stand, even. Or a special plate that you always put your holiday foods, like that kind of thing. You can enchant it yeah. for that extra boost. You can also enchant cooking utensils. Um, I've seen videos of people um, wood burning symbols into yeah, the back was, of kitchen I was kitchen just going to say they totally do like wood burn stuff. Yeah. As a general recommendation one uh, if you don't know what that utensil is made out of do not apply heat directly to it because you can break the uh, the coating on yeah, some things, yeah. as well as like some woods that we often use in watery situations. Technically, their oils are like a little toxic. Yeah. So like burning them, the fumes is not good for you. Uh, so you know, I would generally recommend that you carve or or uh, wood burn the handily part and not the spoony heady yeah. part. Um, but you know, whatever, just however you want to do that. Yeah, do research or like make the utensil 100% out of wood yourself and then like carve it and paint it and do whatever. Yeah. And then like yeah. seal it food grade. Make, just make sure whatever yeah. you're doing is food safe. Or you can take standard mundane Remember utensils. Food safety. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, that's what I'm saying. Like if you burn into that, into a standard utensil, those are generally coated. So yeah. Last but longer, you can also so do it safe. with non-wood things. Not the, yeah. not the wood burning part, right? But you can also enchant. Plasma torch runes into your fucking <laughs> hamburger flipper. Because now that I'm saying that, I need a buy a plasma torch. No, we're not. We're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, Cut the car in half. No, we're definitely not going to do that. Uh, no, but you can take other mundane cooking utensils and enchant them so like mm -hmm. if you have a whisk that's usually made of metal you know you're not going to wood burn anything into that it's probably not a good idea to paint something on there yeah. so you can just sort of draw symbols over or charge it like you would a crystal or yeah. anything else yeah totally um, put it on your altar charge it up yeah there's really no limit to that if you want to enchant your salt shaker or your salt cellar yeah um go ahead your hot water machine that you get your tea out of or your kettle go ahead yeah. there's the sky's the limit there there's so many things that you can do with it i'm just like full of ideas and i'm like julie you can't enchant everything in the kitchen tonight i mean Trust. you can you sleep when you're dead that's true. Yeah. Uh, now you can also Symbols on the bless fridge, or charge. All the food that passes in and out magically charged. <laughs> I've already thought about all of this. I don't. Yeah. This is. You can also bless or charge food that has been made in mundane ways with intention before consuming it. Just like um, you know, people would praying before, pray before dinner. Eating. Yeah. Yeah. You're essentially blessing that food, and you can do that for anything that you eat as well. So there's really no no limit there either. Or you can bless the main store of food. Like we keep our rice in a large 
dog food container. It's probably best you don't ask, but it's the best way to keep that stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, those containers aren't just for dog food. We just bought it at the feed store. Yeah. Those containers are just for dry yeah. food. They're so, just dry like, food containers. So, we could bless our rice container to always keep our rice fresh and yeah. for abundance. Yeah, you know, like, cleaning them out. Remember, guys, a lot of the things that we're talking about already have traditions. Yeah. Spring cleaning, like, your cabinets mm -hmm. and, like, like, the act of, like, ritualistically cleansing food storage yeah. containers is like very commonly a thing yeah and you can also adopt other magical cleaning practices in oh. your kitchen whether that's using um specific ingredients also don't add herbs and stuff to random like cleaners like if you've got dish soap don't add herbs to that and if you've got like bleach as wipes, well as it might don't rot. add extra herbs to that if you're using natural things like if you're making your own vinegar cleaner or something like that that's probably fine enough but there are certain things that you can add to other things that create undesirable chemical reactions so yeah. please do your research before don't you add stuff to other things poison yourself yeah, don't poison, don't poison yourself. yourself. We really want to we, we want to keep you yeah, around. Or the air that you breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we live in California. We've currently had like bad air quality for the better part of a week. So every day, a couple of times a day, I'm like checking purple air. I'm like, this house is so hot and it's so humid because there's at least two, at least like me, because sometimes you're physically elsewhere at yeah. work. It's at least me and three dogs and two indoor pigeons and tortoise and all of our plants it's so warm and it's so humid and i'm like please is the air quality good enough for me to open the windows it's not <sighs> sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't so you can also adopt magical cleaning practices whether you are um, using just solely intention and sigils there or whether you're using ingredients just please do your research on yeah. these types of things before you start combining stuff yeah yeah, 100%. And that is stupid. by no means an all-inclusive list of methods, as like as well as with the spirits and deities. It is not an all-inclusive list, but this is a great basic to kind of get yeah. your imagination well, going this, this, and this, get you started. The sky's the limit, man. And, and if you're unsure if the thing that you want to do is a thing that people do, either one, like rock and roll, do it, uh, or, or two, um, just look it up. The internet has access to everything, and honestly, like, if you're real, like, I kind of want to do this thing, but, like, maybe this thing's stupid, I don't really know. <clears throat> like, honestly, you could probably just DM us and be like, hey, does this sound stupid? <clears throat> uh, and we're just going to be like, maybe, or no. Yeah, yes. and I would love to hear some of the kitchen witchery ideas yeah. what's that your, you have. What's your kitchen witchery stuff? I mean, like, like, theoretically carving, well, painting runes on the door like the edge part of the door for the uh, fridge is a pretty rad idea. Oh, that's I, a cool I idea. I fucking hate that refrigerators are boring looking. Like, yeah. why, why in the 50s did we get, like, dope blue and red and green fridges and shit? And nowadays it's like, oh, what do you want your fridge to look like you live in an apartment or in some sort of weird, shitty sci-fi future? That's what you get. You got metal and white. It's, yeah. They're awful. Yeah. That's why I'm always just, like, stick shit on the fridge. I'm one of them fucking fridge magnet assholes. Um, I fucking love fridge magnets. We don't even really have that many fridge magnets. No, we don't. Well, also our fridge isn't great at magneting things. Too no, much. no, it's I not. I don't know why, but that fridge is only like vaguely magnetic. Um, yeah. But like, I'm, I'm also, I love stickers. I put stickers on fucking everything. Um, yeah. Like literally my laptop is covered in stickers, my water bottle, my cell phone, the printer, my computer, like everything's covered in stickers. I love stickers. Um, plus, like, we're adults. Why can't we just, like, do whatever we want? So, like, yeah, definitely, <laughs> like, I would think if you wanted to, like, sticker some shit up, not in hot places, uh, that would be a pretty dope idea. Ooh, like, now you got me of... wanting to, like, paint the fridge, like... Yeah, we can 100% do that. Not just specifically a color, but, like, paint it. Like, decorate. Like, like with decorative. a painting. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, why not? We have a purple fucking front door. We can do whatever we want. Secret time about being an adult, guys. Total aside from this episode. As an adult, assuming you're not harming other people or breaking the law, you can just do whatever you want. Do you want to stay up late? Fucking stay up late. Who's sending you to bed? You're an adult. You want to have ice cream for dinner? Have oh, ice cream. Right. We have ice cream for dinner. Often. Yeah. Right? 
Like, you want to have a funny colored door? Again, assuming you're allowed to paint your door. I know. You want to dip cookies in your wine? Yeah. Go for it. Beer floats. Guys, get you, like, a nice chocolate or, like, a nice coffee or, like, a nice French vanilla bean ice cream. Get, like, a good stout or porter. Yeah. Float. Honestly, strawberry ice cream and an IPA. Fucking pretty good, dude. Surprisingly good. Pretty good. Yeah. 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 Also, lemon. I know that lemon is usually in, like, a sherbet, but it definitely yeah, works but you put with a fucking, IPA. Yeah, you put a fucking sherbet in an IPA. Yeah, just yeah, sure yeah, top that up with a little bit of whipped cream. Add some sweetness and attraction to your life. Yeah, I mean, ice cream is sweet enough, but sure. Uh, <laughs> add more. Yeah. Add more. Always add whipped cream. That's fair. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. That's fair. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. What's next? What's up? So... Normally, this last segment, we do correspondences and we do some spells, but there's so much to do with kitchen witchery that I'm just going to go over some super common kitchen ingredients that are not salt. We already talked about salt yeah. um, uh, that you can use for some magical uh, workings. And I've sort of picked some things that seem to be in most people's kitchens. And um, I think that you'll find that there's a lot to work with here. Yeah. So our first herb is basil. Basil, in addition to being delicious, on fresh tomatoes and mozzarella with just like a little bit of balsamic and some olive oil, uh, it guards against the evil eye. And it is just the basil for, does. yeah, just the basil. It guards against the evil eye and it can be used for love and protection or success or wealth spells. Next up is chamomile. Um, and yes, you can use tea bags for this, even if there are other ingredients in addition to chamomile. You don't necessarily have to go buy loose chamomile. Uh, chamomile is used to break hexes. It's also used for healing, love, luck, especially gambling luck, prosperity. It's good for reducing stress and repelling the evil eye, as well as for restful sleep. And you can add it to pretty much any spell to increase its chance of success. Next, we have cilantro or coriander, depending on where you are and how you like to say that word. And the properties for this are the same for the green part of the herb as it is for the round, seedy part of the herb. Uh, and cilantro, as I call it, is used for health and longevity and love and lust and peace and protection. That's why it's used in the protection tacos. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, yeah, we call it both. We do. Because we call the seed coriander and we call the leaves that you cut up cilantro yeah, but in some places no no i'm not i'm not saying thing. i'm not i'm not saying that yeah. in some places this isn't the difference i'm just saying like so in a in california fucking here at least who knows what fucking regular people do at this point in time um <laughs> they're weird but like cilantro is the leafy herby part and when you go to the grocery store to buy the fucking seed herb that you put yeah. in stuff. Uh, that's not labeled cilantro. That's labeled coriander. Yeah, I know. Like, pretty often. Which is always, like, mind-blowing when you're just like, oh, that's from the cilantro plant, and people are just like, what? Yeah, the and you're first just time like, yeah. I found that out, I was just, like, mind-blown. Yeah, man. Yeah. And then I, and I had never connected that they were similar flavors either until that moment, so that was a that was a long time ago, but that was an interesting moment for me. Uh, so, uh, speaking of pumpkin spice, uh, cinnamon is used for abundance. It can help to enhance your spell power in specific spells. Uh, it is also used for healing and love and luck and passion, protection, uh, to help increase psychic powers or spirituality in general, as well as success. Uh, next is probably the most common herb that we use. Uh, well, I guess it's not really an herb. It's, well, maybe it is an herb. Garlic. I mean... Is garlic considered an herb? Well, are you using the leaf part? No. So, no. Garlic. Huh. I think garlic is a um, tuber. Is garlic a yeah, tuber? Yeah, but if it's dried, wouldn't you consider that part of herbs and spices? Well, technically it would be a spice then, don't you think? Yeah. So garlic is next, regardless of what you classify it yeah. as. Because really it's three things. They just don't say the third thing because it's herbs... And spices and rocks. Yeah. Because salt isn't an herb or a spice. It's just a fucking <laughs> rock that we eat. But when we smush it up real small, that shit's delish. 
Uh, yes, right? yes. Um, so garlic is used for banishing and it guards against the evil eye. It's also used for healing, yeah. protection, it prevents diseases, uh, and it is also used for purification and enhancing willpower. Yeah, so obviously it delicious. fights vampires based on everything that was just said. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, you see that connection. Oh, even absolutely. Though, even though, if I remember correctly, there's like no historical evidence of the whole garlic v vampire thing as far as i'm aware that's correct yeah i want to yeah. say that like that that wasn't part of the thing initially but i don't fucking know <laughs> all right up next is ginger this is ginger yeah uh so ginger is used for adventure and confidence creativity it increases the strength of your spells it's also used for fertility love prosperity and success yeah and it's it's uh that's good stuff man we uh we have ginger in like every possible form in this house in fact i just got a thing of ginger to make pickled ginger because i have absolutely fallen in love with pickled ginger rolls from the sushi place that we go to sugar rolls and it's just like pickled ginger and then it's rolled in the wrap, the seaweed wrap, mm -hmm. and then it's rolled in the rice and sprinkled on top with sesame seeds. And I am obsessed with it, but we're not made of money, so we can't eat at the sushi place yeah. all the time. And I clearly need a we're fix of that myself. Ginger, aren't we? Isn't that what we that big plant is outside? Yeah, we gotta, I gotta pull that up. We probably have like a buttload of ginger in that. So. I hope we do. Yeah, because yeah. I'm going to make my own pickled ginger, and then I'm going to make my own ginger rolls, and um, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. I ordered some, like, sushi Ginger's good. I, liked, I like ginger, yeah. Yeah. Also, the pink in the pickled ginger stuff is is because, like, traditionally, slash, you're, this is what you're supposed to do, is make it out of young ginger, which has sort of like a pink tint to it, and that lends to the pink of the pickled ginger. Hmm. Uh, most of the time now, it's just like a dye that's put in there, mm -hmm. or it's not dyed at all, and it's more mature ginger. So I'm assuming it's a slightly different taste, but I've never actually made pickled ginger before, so I'm pretty excited about that. Hmm. That's, a, that's, a, that's a later this week project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it, man. I get it. Yeah. So mint is next, and we've already talked a little bit about mint, but mint is used to attract good spirits. It's also used for communication and healing, prosperity, of course, protection, purification, and vitality. And um, this one's sort of an all-encompassing one, like peppers. So mostly spicy peppers, but really any kind of peppers are used for banishing and cleansing and protection and also speeding up the results of a spell. And just a little bit of an aside about that speeding up the results that of the spell. That word is expediting. Expediting. Uh, well, speeding up the results of a spell um, should be done with judicious caution. And I say that because when you do a spell, you essentially have sort of like a time frame that this spell is going to work in. Some spells are slower working than others, uh, whether that's by design or whether that's just sort of by the way that that happens in the universe. But speeding up a spell can also burn you out. So if you were to do like a creativity spell, for instance, uh, and, or, you know, a, a prosperity spell, you are going to get a different effect by having spicy peppers in there than you would by having not spicy peppers. And that can sometimes burn out. So if you're putting peppers into a prosperity spell, it's gonna make it faster that you're going to get that prosperity. But, or it's gonna make it, it's gonna amplify and speed up the creativity. All of a sudden you're gonna be like, I need to do painting right now paint and you have to do it and you have to get it done and um, the universe has to give you that prosperity but that may not necessarily yield the result that you want uh, you know so if you do a prosperity spell and you add peppers to it and you play the lotto once a week maybe instead of winning a larger jackpot here you're winning a two dollar scratcher that's not to say that adding it to a spell is bad. You just want to make sure that when you're doing it, you're not burning yourself out or you're not getting the, you're not getting like mediocre results from the spell that you want. Mm -hmm. uh, so hot peppers, you can also use hot sauce. You can use powder. You can put a whole pepper in there. However you want to handle that, whatever level of heat you want, it I imagine that most people would assume that a spicier pepper would mean 
faster results than a less spicy pepper. And honestly, that's just sort of up to you and how you have your intentions set with that. So that's really all your choice. We eat spicy food on everything. So we've got... Like, yeah, I just put peppers on everything. I don't we just put shit. peppers on everything. <laughs> yeah. Not spicy so, food. It's fucking boring. So for that. us, when we do kitchen witchery, um, we don't generally use the peppers as a quote-unquote magical element yeah. of whatever it is that we're cooking because I put spicy stuff in literally everything. Like even chocolate chip cookies. I yeah. put chipotle in those and they are delicious. Uh, so it's, you know, that kind of goes back to that thing that we were saying earlier, like your results may vary. And also you can choose sort of what you want to pay attention to and what you don't. Yeah. So moving on from that is rosemary. Now there's a lot of memes out there and a lot of posts that say you can use rosemary in place of any spell. I'm not necessarily going to weigh in on that here, but there are some specific magical things associated with rosemary. Properties. Uh, yeah, uh, properties, um, that is. And that would be ancestor veneration. Rosemary is used for clarity and healing, love, lust, memory assistance basically um either increasing memory or helping to give positive memories to a situation uh it also helps to present nightmares and it's for vitality and if you want to use rosemary as a catch-all for everything prevent? you can prevent nightmares oh my gosh what did i say present oh this is a fucking very different thing yeah. Yes. Oh, hey, put some rosemary in this shit. Welcome to your fucking nightmare. No, no, prevent nightmares. I even, I was just like, no. I had to double check that. That's fucking present yeah, nightmares. It prevents nightmares. There you oh, go. Oh, man. There you fucking Ooh, go. Oh, boy, it is late and it has been hot today. My brain is, like, not. Yes, it's late, place. man. It's, it's not that fucking late. It's late for me. Um, so if you want to use rosemary as a catch-all for pretty much anything, go ahead. But you know what? If you want to use curry as a catch-all for everything, also, yeah, I go ahead. Yeah, I feel like if you want to do a catch-all for something, then you're going to do a catch-all for something, sort of regardless of what anybody tells you. I mean, like, things have specific properties, and if you, like, are just trying to get something out of like, if you're trying to make some food, and you want to get a thing out of it, and none of your ingredients really line up, then instead of focusing on the ingredients as being part of the thing, focus on the process of cooking to do the part of the thing. Or the process that of, like, functionally praying before or whatever, you know, casting before or or whatever. So it, it it's not like every step needs to be, like, some big damn what to do. Yeah. Again, don't overthink it yeah. as much as yeah, you can. Just, yeah, relax. Yeah. Uh, and then the last herb that we're going to talk about is sage. Uh, so this is very popular for smoke cleansing, uh, but you can also use sage in other ways. And you'd use sage for clarity. It helps to guard against the evil eye. You can use it for good health, longevity, increasing your mental abilities, overcoming grief. You can use it for purification, of course, as well as for wisdom and for granting wishes. Yeah. Yeah. So that is just a basic list of ingredients um, that most people will have at least a couple of these in their kitchen. So there's obviously a ton more of things that you can use for magical properties and you can just kind of look them up or shoot us a DM or a comment and I'll do my best to help you understand what magical properties a specific herb has or if you're looking for some things that are common for a very specific magical purpose, then you can shoot me a message for that too. I'd love to um, help you out with that. Yeah. Yeah, so that is um, all about kitchen witchery. Yeah, that was Kitchen Witchery. So um, if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to give us a like, comment, share, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. If uh, you're listening to us on your podcast network of choice, uh, please subscribe to us so that way you can catch all the new episodes as they come out. If you would like to support more witchy, creative content like this, then you can uh, hit us up on Patreon. We have a Horn and Cauldron podcast-specific tier where within you get access to the Book of Shadows pages, which we I do one of these for everyone that we're behind. 
Yeah, there, sorry guys. It's a lot of We're work. We're behind, we know. We're but that's fine. On it. I'm working on it. Um, Real life has not been kind to us recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's just more busy. It happens. Uh, but um, yeah, so you get you get the Book of Shadows pages for all of these, as well as access to um, an exclusive uh, Discord, an exclusive Discord, and phone backgrounds just... that match the Book of Shadow pages. Yeah, yeah. We do the well. phone backgrounds and stuff like that. So what uh, what episode are we doing next time? What's next time? Uh, next episode is going to be on rune casting. Yeah, that's that's mostly going to be me talking. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to see. We're, We're going to see. see. Because see. most of the time for, for our like three listeners that have, you know, listened to all and of no, our episodes, the I'm the one who does all the research and I don't tell him pretty much anything yeah. about this stuff. I just do this off the cuff. Super, super knowledgeable. Yeah. Watched a lot of TV yeah, and it's not that he doesn't care. It's just I find it fun to surprise him with nuggets of knowledge. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I know a bunch of things. So yeah, and yeah. you know, it's it's best if um, if I'm just going off the cuff. I'm an off the cuff kind of guy. I'm I'm one of those people. What do you gotta study for a test? Nah, I just show up and do it, man. I'm not gonna study for something. <laughs> Along like with a you bunch being a social butterfly. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a social you butterfly. Definitely not are. a social butterfly. You definitely are. Yeah. And speaking of social butterfly, if you guys want to um, find more of our stuff, I do witchy videos on TikTok, which I then post to Instagram. But sometimes Instagram doesn't want to post those videos, so TikTok is a pretty good place to hit us up. Uh, as well as uh, he has um, Instagram and TikTok uh, as well, so you can find links to all of the stuff. Um, including the Patreon and our social medias and our YouTube by going to nerdjive.com slash links. Yeah, yeah, you just go to nerdjive.com. It's got all the stuff there. That's where the podcast resides. Uh, photography, when we go to events, when events existed. Um, that's where I put all of like the event photography that we yep. do. And we also have an Etsy shop. Uh, we have an Etsy shop. You can check that out. Uh, our Etsy shop's Dark Grove Enterprises. But again, everything's linked on the webpage. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I've been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. This has been the Horn. And Cauldron. Podcast. And, uh, bloody stay magical out there, folks. Yeah, and don't forget, breathe in self-confidence and breathe out self-doubt. Yeah. Mm -hmm.